Welcome to the second episode of the Pseudobook Podcast, Revival Season. We are uh, glad to join you. I am one of your hosts, Justin Edwards. And I'm Michael Edwards. And with us today is a very close friend and special guest, Leslie Andrew Ridings. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> All right. a, ra- a round of applause, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was waiting for the canned applause. <laughs> what happened to the live studio audience? They didn't show up. Awesome. Uh, well, to get us started, Liza, why don't you just introduce yourself? Wh- who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Etc. All right. I am Leslie Andrew Ridings. I am 30 years old. I'm from Los Angeles. I'm a Leo. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a director. I direct music videos and commercials, both of a low-budget sort. I'm also a would-be producer um, come from an art background. I studied that at a university, and I did that for a long time. I still do it, um, but a few years ago, I got involved with film uh, through some friends, and I volunteered at the American Film Institute for some of their projects, and that's how I met Justin. And we started working together on stuff, and here we are now talking over the internet. <laughs> and the rest is history. And the rest is history. That's good. You bring up a, a lot of good points we're interested in, too. Um, I, I don't even know this myself, too, but just in talking about you growing up in L.A., how did you find yourself becoming a creative person, an artist? Like, What, what influences were you raised with that kind of led you in that path? Oh boy. Um, I think that there's, okay, there's a couple things there. Like, I think probably the more sort of on the nose expected answer is my parents sent me to like creative classes for things. I guess I expressed some degree of interest in it as a child. Ah. Got to do some art classes and drawing and stuff like that. And uh, they were very, very interested in me becoming a good piano player. I think for them that. Huh. Really? That, yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I wanted. To, yeah, I, I play. I played piano consistently. Was going to lessons from about age five until I was through high school. Oh, wow. Um, so I played piano. Yes, it's true. Well, maybe I'll play it sometime for you guys next time we're in a honky tonk or piano bar. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did. I did that, but that was. I think that was never seen or presented to me in the way. It's like, well, this is going to be your career. It was more sort of like we have a son and we're raising him in the United States and we want him to be an educated person. (laughs) Sort of like the immigrant's immigrant's dream, right? Like have the the Renaissance child. Yes, of course. And then then I was supposed to be a surgeon. Uh, Oh boy. Yeah, I know. But um, that didn't work out. And (laughs) I think the other thing, the other thing is, I, I don't know, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I draw from creatively coming up, like sort of learning to put on that creative hat and call yourself a professional creative, and a lot of stuff I still pull from from this day, and honestly, I have a lot to do with my childhood, and not so much direct influences, like, I really like going to the art museum, more like, I really like video games, and <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and 
Yeah. And just like all these really like oddball creative things that when you're a kid they're just really cool, but then as you get older you come to understand that, you know, somebody needs to do that and I can do that. I want to do that. And and here we are. Do you find there's like a, a process of like the stuff you loved as a kid and some of it's like still cool and some of it's like, yeah, I left that behind and <laughs> what what that's like. <laughs> yeah, I mean Sure, I mean, I think we all have that to some degree. I mean, it's, uh, there's definitely a lot of things that you can look at and you can see them and in your current mindset. You're like, wow, how did I spend so long watching those things? You know, like, I remember, like, coming home and watching cartoons. It was the, do you guys have the, the Disney afternoon in Ohio? Yeah. Or yeah, like, DuckTales. And- yeah, DuckTales and Rescue Rangers. I remember every day, and I'd come home and I'd watch that. Like, I think it was like three hours of cartoons, right? Uh-huh. Every and day, yeah. Ev- every day. And I'd sit there and watch it when I should have been doing my homework. And, and like nowadays, you can watch DuckTales and, you know, a couple episodes, like, oh, but the nostalgia factor is great. And that's it's like, okay, we already know what's happening. Oh, yeah, I'm, most, <laughs> I, I'm mostly like, why are they yelling so much? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, I find that's, that's my reaction to life, just in general, I think, a lot of times. <laughs> anything in particular stick out to you like did you have a favorite artist or like somebody that was like I'll because of this I want to pursue creative oh, things yeah you look you're looking for the the aha the aha moment the eureka moment if there was one yeah no there definitely wasn't um it's been an existential crisis for 20 years um i, <laughs> I there wasn't like a moment i don't think where uh, especially like coming up like high school college age like where it's like well this is what I meant to do like I don't think I'm I, I wasn't like a supremely talented child like I was good at school and like I was pretty good at everything I set my mind to but I, it's not like oh he's such a good this like he's clearly going to do that and then you just go off running you know yeah um, I think from an early age I was I became a a disciple of the mantra of talent gets you far but hard work gets you furthest you know um so i just sort of like really liked creatives i remember in high school i had a couple friends who were very talented artists um draftsmen and that was really inspiring to me that's something i got really interested in in high school which i think led pretty directly to me studying fine art at sc okay um and uh and then what i learned at that school and that experience and the whole like concept and the fact that art was more than just it was more than just like drawing something and making it look good you know like there could be a whole conceptual backdrop and like this whole underlying structure based in uh, just like psychology and culture and all these things huge huge construct it's so labyrinthine and complex I loved it yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and very very heady and just unassailable by the common man which so it's so not only was it like snobby and pretentious but like it was also like very exclusive so i was drawn to it and uh <laughs> makes sense yeah it makes sense right and um and yes yeah, so i really I, I think i grew a lot there just learning about the sort of breadth and depth that art could have and what that word itself how many things that word itself could be applied to and i think that's part of the reason that i also was interested or became interested in film is because it just seemed like such a next step in terms of medium and all the same skills and tools and stuff that you use mostly, I mean not all of them but not directly translatable but mostly translatable can be taken into film you know, coming from like a visual arts background 
especially in terms of composition and frame, you know, yeah. color and light and all these things. Um, and I think that that is still my lens on a lot of, on all my work. You know, it's still very extremely visual. You know, I'm very um, driven by making a really pretty picture. And yeah, I think you have a a good eye for having you're a priority of a visual experience foremost i think you really embrace that and that's why i appreciate having your eye around for me to lean on too for instance with detective 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 which you shot for me as my cinematographer True. um you, <laughs> coming soon to the theaters near you detective 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 <laughs> yeah so that kind of brings up, uh, you've got a lot of different skills and just, just to limit it even just to visual skills of cinematography, graphic design, photography, digital effects. Um, is there one in particular that's like the passion or favorite or is it kind of like they're all equally interesting? Yeah, I get, I, I get asked this every now and again. This is like the constant fear of someone or of that I have is that it's like, you know, that fear of being a a jack of all trades, a master of none. Yeah, um, I have the same. You know, and it's one of those things where it's like I feel like, personally, to answer your question, I don't think those are all that different. Like I really do think that they're they're all coming from the same font. I think that what changes is how they're applied, and that in and of itself is like that skill set. So, for instance, like uh, I would say that graphic design and painting, art, drawing, these are all this is the same thing. And the dice take that those that same toolbox in my head, right, and apply that directly to, you know, whatever detective, like framing, framing up a shot, you know, mm-hmm. or laying out the shot or at detective, or like when I'm directing something, being like, okay, I want these shapes to come in here, I want these creative like mats and stuff to happen here and then and all this stuff, and and then when that when those designs all of a sudden become more than just one static image and it becomes you know, a sequence of changing images, and then all of a sudden it's it's a video. It's not just a painting. So I think it's the same skill set. Um, if that answers your question, it's a, oh no, it doesn't, because you asked what was it that you wanted. I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> Sorry, no. Sometimes, I just, sometimes I just talk so much. This is this is something I learned to do in art well, school. I was just wondering, just is talk? there like a favorite or one that you consider like your your strongest? Uh, I would say. Amongst like traditional medium, probably. God, I don't know. I would, I, I would say I'm really comfortable with with design, uh, and and design as a. In terms of like graphics, like color, um, shape, so maybe that's composition. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say so. Um, yeah. To our listeners, Leslie here also designed our new pseudo book logo, which we love to death. Um, thank you for that. It's got pseudo books in it. Yes, he's available. You can. Uh, That's true. Get in touch with him. Such Check a, out my website. Uh, such an amazing space. <laughs> I know, bro. Yeah, no, truly, really just like the definition. Such an amazing space. <laughs> that, that dog. Um, <laughs> I have a, a very uh, just since I know you personally, I've been to your place. I think it's a very fascinating fact that you are in the visual, you know, production medium, you know, world, but. As far as I know, you don't own a television, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not, no. And it's super fascinating. Like, you don't sit around and watch TVs and movies and, like, you know, that's your time spent at home is you're just creating the things that you would put on that. 
Yeah, exactly. And I love that because, like, I know, like, I'm totally distracted by my television at all times, and it keeps me from creating things. Um, but I know when I go to your place, we're going to go back to your computer set up, and you're all, you have, like, ten things you're working on at once, and the television isn't even there, and I, I just love that about it. Um, it's yeah, fa- fascinating, too, that because you create things for that box. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I, it's always been, I mean, obviously, like, first of all, in fairness, like, the computer can be just as distracting as right. the TV, right? I mean, like, the, you know, there's, and whenever I do want to consume some visual media, like, on Netflix or something, like, it's there, and I do it, and it's fun, you know? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't really like the idea of a television set. I think also, aesthetically, it's very, it's not very appealing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it is extremely distracting. And I feel like if I, I sometimes I kind of wish I had one because I feel like maybe I could build up a tolerance to it. But whenever I go out in public places, like like if I'm sitting down to have lunch with someone, you know, like mm-hmm. I can't have a television in my line of sight because if I do, like I'll constantly. Oh yeah, it drives at me it, nuts. You know? Like I don't yeah. even want to pay attention to it. But if it's behind someone, I just draw on away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you know it's a bunch of. Uh, just a bunch of moving images and sounds and people flailing and cars <laughs> flying and babies screaming. It's, you know, so much. <laughs> Our caveman brains aren't designed for that degree of simulation. It's supposed to be a meteor, <laughs> not every single day in front of you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like a mammoth, like once a week. One mammoth. <laughs> yeah. One mammoth limit here. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> and so as you've... Uh, Treasure, uh, and that's what's the word I'm looking for. Since you've gotten out of USC, you've pursued this industry uh, with reckless abandon. And a couple years ago, you decided to start your own company, right? I did. I started, um, I was sitting on a porch late at night with a friend. Um, and, you know, we were talking about our problems, as you do. And uh, I was telling him, I was like, man, like, I, I just, don't know how to get this stuff done, don't know how to get this work, I want to like work on other projects, but it's so hard to get hired for them, and him being a business genius, although I don't know that this is necessarily a, a genius idea, but he's got the business mentality, he's just like, why don't you start a business? And I was like, start a business? It's just like buying a house or a car or something, it's just like, what? Like, you don't do that. That's just not what you do. Yeah. And he's like, no, just start a business, and, and okay, that's a good idea, and uh, and yeah, we started a little company, and it's been an extremely educational experience. Very hard and frustrating, and at the same time, very rewarding and uh, challenging, which is a good thing. Learned a lot hmm. about um, about yourself and like how you engage stuff, and like also, and also also about like it's very it can be very it's very it's a great source of personal discipline just in terms of staying focused on one thing and pushing it forward instead of like wanting to my greatest problem has always been just like a fractured concentration you know like I work all the fucking time oh sorry I work I work <laughs> no, that's fine I, I probably won't catch it <laughs> I work all the time um but like Justin said like I I have a tendency to want to have my hands and my fingers in so many different pies I really have to try and curb that actively you know in terms of turning away projects or carving out time and setting limits in terms of like how long I'm going to work on one thing 
Um, and the company's good because it kind of forces me to push in that direction and, and sort of focus in on that and what it needs to keep moving. Um, I, did I answer that question, or did I just yeah, like take no, the yeah, conversation yeah. hostage? Well, I, was, <laughs> I was wondering if it's also helped you learn about collaboration and like you know, is it like don't work with friends, or I'm lucky and I have friends I can work with, or how that that works out? Well, I think at this point, in, in all honesty, like the company is still really small. Like I'm trying, I'm in the process right now of after a couple years, really just having it be mostly me. I have two partners in the company. Um, Robert Moore and John Bagakis. Um, you guys met them, I think, at the Detective premiere. Yeah. Um, and neither of them are creative guys. And it's very interesting because in the outside world, I think us as creative people, like, I don't think we understand this, but because you often lose context for the fact that in the outside world, the brand, like, the sort of title of creative is not applied universally, you know? Like, in my mind, everyone's creative. Like, everyone does this that's creative, and does that that's creative, and I'm just doing my own thing that's creative. Yeah. Um, but they come from very different worlds. Rob is a... He works in finance and wealth management and stuff like that, and and John's a, an attorney. And so they're always... Uh, the joke is always like, well, you know, we'll, we'll do the boring stuff. You'd be the crazy eccentric artist, which I love. That's great. I love that idea. Um... And uh, I think in terms of, to answer your question, Mike, the first couple of years it was uh, mostly just my stuff, and then learning to collaborate with people, it definitely has taught me how to do that. It's not something that comes overly easy. I love collaborating, but a lot of people are just really, really stupid, you know? <laughs> like, what is, what is it we were saying back in Alaska, Justin? It's just like, I don't need to be in charge, just check with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, yeah, just should, check with just, me before you do anything. Anything at all. Yeah. yeah in your check. life, just, even. Yeah. <laughs> just check. Well, I mean, um, that's always a great feeling, like, when you feel like you can mostly trust someone. Like, I can't do everything. I need to have people that can own things. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and I have to say, I have to give uh, credit as well to, specifically with points like that, because I've learned a lot of that through Black Noise. Um but I think I learned a lot of those lessons as well before I even started Black Noise, uh, working with Ryan. You guys, you guys met Ryan. Um, yeah, uh, Ryan he's Green. like, yeah, Ryan Green, uh, another director. And you know, over the years, he he's a guy that I met back at SC, and he became like he's been my friend for a long time. But he also became something of a mentor, and like he's got a very uh, academic sort of. Uh, feel about him, Justin. I think you would say, yeah, yeah. So, that's good so he loves he loves sharing information and insights and stuff. So he helped me learn a lot of those lessons even before Black Noise. But mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, it has helped a lot. And I think that now moving forward, especially after Detective, um, which I think put uh, has already, and I think will continue to put us and our company uh, give it a little bit more attention. There will be a lot more opportunities to do that to collaborate, and it's. It's an exciting thing, but it is very much a learned skill. You know, you have to learn how to, like you said, trust someone and give someone ownership of something and uh, and know know when to speak up and know when to shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I think a- that's movie sets. Like, to me, that's a little bit why I, I'm not a big fan of production myself because I wish I could do every job. I wish I was cloned and I could, like, trust, like, oh, Justin's doing sound, great. Oh, Justin's looking at that, good, yeah. you know. But I can't, and I have to let go 
Um, that's why you and that's stick, something I still have to practice. You got to stick to music. You can do everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's 74 tracks here. They're all me. <laughs> there you go. 80 hours of recording in this minute-long song. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, how did... Uh, just a background on how you became known to Pseudobook. Um, I met you through working on a short at the American Film Institute called Bonsai. Yeah. Do you remember uh, meeting that day in Sabor and kind of saying, this is what we want to do? <laughs> For- I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I remember. I mean, I, I remember the idea of it. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Remind me. Remind me. I'm sure I'll remember after a little coaxing. Um, all I remember is that we had like we needed a production designer because our the movie was insane with our location yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, and it was our friend Callie who went to AFI gave us your name, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I remember Kyle and I went to Sabor and we met you and just said like, well, here's what we want to do, and it's you know it's this sci-fi epic with high school kids. And, yeah. yeah. Um, this is an AFI like short student film, so there's no money. What can you do for us? Yeah. Exactly. What can you do? What can you do with nothing? Um, exactly. So the wait. Now hold on a minute. Now before I before we go down that line, I wanted to ask you. Did I thought then we meet at Big Wangs? Wasn't that how we met? Gosh, that was another one. Yeah, I think we had like a cast get together there. And, oh, was uh, that afterwards? Maybe. Yeah, like it was we. Okay. Yeah, we met and talked about production design and said, "Hey, everybody on Bonsai is meeting at Big Wangs, <laughs> which is obviously where you go. Right? Yes. I mean, Big Wangs on the corner of Selma and Coenga in Hollywood, because <laughs> yeah. that's where all the cool kids hang out and watch football games. I guess. Um, <laughs> talk about sci-fi. Student talk about films. sci-fi student epics. Um, okay, so I do remember meeting with you guys, um, and I remember the conversations because if, if I recall correctly, there wasn't a lot of time either. There was just like a few. Oh, weeks, I know. Like, it was like. You got two and a half weeks to get this yeah. together, but I mean, and, and all—I I mean, I do remember that. I remember um, trying to rush things together. And I think you had already done a little bit of homework too, because I think you were planning on like maybe not having anyone do it. That combined with your sort of control freak <laughs> tendencies, like <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think walking into it, some of the things are solved, like the. I think you would source that robot family that we found, right? Yeah, we found some robots. We just need somebody to take care of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pick them up, do that, and then dress the sets, and we have to find that... Um... And then there was that other cat, too. What was his name? The guy that made the transporter pad? Oh, yeah. We had, like, a prop maker. He made, yeah. yeah. Who, took the, who took the budget. That's the reason I had no budget to work with. He took <laughs> yeah. the budget to make that one I need prop. $300 to have a spinning dial thing. Exactly. Uh, exactly. No. Um, Sorry. Well, yeah, it's not happening. Sorry. Um... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I do remember that. That was a great experience. And that location, I mean, luckily, if anybody ever sees this short, first of all, I'm proud to say that it was received very well at the American Film Institute. So much, yeah. Yeah, very, very well. Um, and I believe, actually, at the screening, at the same, that same room, what's it called, where he had the detective screening, the, the friends and family screening? What was yeah, it uh, the Mark Goodson screening room there. Yeah, the Mark Goodson screening room. We had the screening there. And me, not wanting to be a student AFI, but not, uh, but just being like the uh, an AFI groupie instead, uh, walking out of that screen, everybody's just a Twitter with it, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure this was before Twitter, actually. They were a Twitter, um, in the old meaning of the word. <laughs> and and, uh, and I think someone called me a genius, which I think to this day, <laughs> I think that may be like one, like one of like, 
one or two times in my life someone's called me a genius. And <laughs> and the thing is like, what I didn't do anything. You know, it's like the great thing about the great thing about the movie was like, yeah, and that's not that's not true. I mean, I did a little bit. You know, I dressed the sets and tried to give it like a nice feel and everything. A lot of stuff. It was a lot of work, and I'm really happy that it turned out. But I mean, the location sold the show. You know, it has amazing location. Yeah. If anybody ever sees it, we had we shot at the like an old water treatment plant, the Hyperion water treatment plant, right down yeah, in uh, yeah. We'll El put Segundo. a we'll put a link in the show. They can click and watch. Yeah, it. it's and that location is just stellar. So of course they took credit for the location. It's all chicken wire and <laughs> yeah. and uh, this is an em- empty warehouse. We this is an empty. Yeah. I built all this. This is all. Yeah, that's all Luan. That's all eight by tens Luan. You know, some some air ducting, air like pipe ducting stuff here. Some of that foamy stuff, the great stuff. I built these nineteen sixties computers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Every every single switch. Carved <laughs> out of foam. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, the location is great because it came with a lot of stuff. And then at that point, once you have such great things to work with, you know, it would have been nice to have money because then other people could have moved it, but and <laughs> you know, dressed it and then stuff like that, but it's okay. It's just a lot of sweat equity, and I think it paid off. You know, yeah, and uh, it looked really great. good. Yeah, it looked really good. Great. Yeah. Um, Wait, but what was the question? Did I answer the question? I'm very concerned. <laughs> I think I, I have you, a tendency. You really like, care about answering the questions. I really want to answer the question because I have a tendency to, like run off and on tangents, and then no, it was uh, just kind of how we met and started working together, and that yeah. was that was the experience. That was it. That was it. Um, and, then and then we went to Bing Wet, Big Wangs. And then we went to big ones. Um, that's great. Um, wh- one thing where I'm curious about is kind of your own process yourself. As you, someone approaches you with, you know, I want to do X. Like I, I want to do a music video for me. What's kind of your process of getting your pitched in concept together and kind of walk us through your like pre-production and getting oh, it's ready. so interesting. It's so interesting. <laughs> so. I'm really glad you asked that question. Thank you for that question, Justin. <laughs> I really love it when people thank people for questions. It just seems really silly. Um, or just compliment, like, great question. That's a really great question. That's a really insightful question. Thank you for asking that question. I'm stalling, but, you know. Um, okay, so when somebody approaches me, um, it dep- I mean, you know, it varies a little bit initially because if it's someone I know uh, and a project that I believe in already, like say for instance like a friend that whose music I'm a big fan of and he approached me for a music video and I get really excited and I start working on it right away um, a lot of times I get solicited by people that I don't know that well or who are like you know somehow heard of my stuff um, at that point it's always like Justin I'm sure you can speak to this Michael you too in, in some capacity it's like you know is this actually going to happen like send me the track and then we'll talk you know because you always want to be you know, time yeah. is so valuable and a lot yeah. of times it's difficult especially as a director where like our work is very front loaded creatively um, yeah you gotta like, a lot of our out. work yeah exactly a lot. I feel like a lot of the work that I do and this has happened to me several times like you put in a lot of work creatively developing a concept you know putting together a mood board storyboarding which is in itself so time consuming oh, you know yeah. um, doing all this work creating stuff and then all that happens before and before a single dollar is spent on, you know, renting a piece of gear, or or sometimes even before an actor is cast, you know, um, so it's still very up in the air, and it has happened several times where I put in all that work, and then last minute, you know, the executive producer or whoever's backing it financially backs out, you know, and I'm left, and you know, it's not a total loss because I'm left with the concept and all this work, and it can 
be applied to another project or, you know, sort of be disassembled creatively and reapplied in different parts. Yeah. But um, depending on how much I believe it might actually happen, that, that will temper, like, how much, which, with what gusto I jump into the project, I see, right? yeah. Um, but assuming that I believe in it and it's going to happen, like, basically, um, with a music video, the first thing is send me the track uh-huh. um, because that's just, that's the... You know that's like the core of, of the piece. You know everything. They work in conjunction, make each other look better. But ultimately, the video and the music have to like, work, you know, they have to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to one has to wrap around the other. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, to each other's benefit. But anyway, um, and they send it to me, and you listen, and you know, you talk to the artist. I'm a big I'm a big believer in trying to involve the artist if they want to be involved, um, and saying, you know, like what what are your feelings for this track? You know, like, what is it talking about for you? What do you want people to walk away from this track with? You know, like, questions like, like, it's very general kind of, like, tonal questions trying to, like, sort of plumb the waters a little bit and see, like, what it is they're feeling for this track and see whether or not we're in the same boat, you know, in terms of tone and creativity. Because sometimes, you know, people send you tracks like, oh, my God, this would be great for you know, this idea of a video, and I approach them with it, and they're like, what is wrong with you? That's like 180, do no. You know, like, that's not what I want at all. It's like, how could you not want that? It's so obvious, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So you just come up with, like, some kind of, like an idea, send it to them, see if they like it, and if they like it, develop it, and you're off to the races, you know? And uh, how big or involved those races are depends a lot on how much money's behind it, but regardless, it's always a good time. Yeah. Hopefully get something good out of it, you know? Yeah. Are there any like red flags like that that send you off a project or like oh I'm not diving into this? (laughs) I got I I, you cut out a little bit on me. I think I heard you say that. Are there any red flags that make you think it's going to be a problem? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Like um, one of the like for instance right right now I'm working with an artist who shall remain nameless, Um, uh, but they're. They're, they have huge red flags because this is a big one is they're unresponsive to emails or texts you know because in some I get it you know like we're all artists here like we're all creative wacko people that are eccentric and have strange habits cool we love the fact that we're so eccentric but at the end of the day if we're going to make something we need to be professional you know make it happen mm-hmm. and it's very very frustrating working with someone who doesn't um, respond you know that's, that's a big one like if they're not professional because I don't care. I don't care how loosey goosey, wacky, crazy musician you are. Like, you know, and, and this is the times like when you deal with the musicians themselves. Like, sometimes they're really into the idea of just like doing their thing, which makes it hard to work with. That's a big red flag for yeah. me because if people aren't committed to the project enough to respond to an email, like, what am I? Why am I going to care? You know, my yeah. time is spent better. I definitely elsewhere. feel you on the communication, like answer the email like don't yeah it's not it's a pretty low commitment form of communication you know like (laughs) it's like just say even just a response just even like a blank response at least i know you're alive (laughs) (laughs) or someone or someone has killed you and is accessing your email account yeah (laughs) but uh there's that and there's also um yeah i mean just dodgy behavior you know on the part on the part of labels or artists or like people that like ask for a lot of stuff up front but, you know, even in just a few years that I've been doing this, like, I feel like they've been very, very educational in terms of, like, knowing how to smell out situations that you don't want to be a part of. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're, pretty, they're, they're relatively easy to spot. I, I've never really been, like, taken, um, but I've definitely had my time wasted a few times. Yeah. 
Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, so there's uh, one exciting, you know, recent development that uh, we're working on together now is um, Juliet, my wife, and I, you know, we love the whole post process and editing and finishing, delivering projects. Um, we want to be a part of Black Noise and kind of bring Pseudobook into uh, the Black Noise umbrella to kind of be your post people to into the Black Void. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think it's it's just something that I, it makes sense to me. I think in helping us bring more work to you and to ourselves. Um, and to kind of take advantage that you already have an LLC going, and then you know, we'll, we'll start bringing in some money for you and help help everybody out. We'll be a happy family, black noise. Uh, yeah, one, <laughs> one, is this a private big business happy. meeting right now? <laughs> it is actually. There's an elevator pitch to potential shareholders. Yeah. But it's something we've been, you know, since I think we we kind of saw how Detective went as you know as a huge project. I mean, that thing was nine months of my life and yeah. we were in post on for six of those months um but as far as like taking black noise to becoming like a regular kind of machine that you know is churning out content for clients left and right um i think there's a great potential there to to kind of keep i know is roll the potential of you know seeing how detective goes this year with festivals but i think in the end it will only bring us you know more attention and more people interested in like hey you guys can yeah. make stuff and you show that you can do it and just yeah, figure exactly. out how to grow it and scale it yeah really. yeah and then make it sustainable um because like anything else i think at this point it's it's at the scale where you know it's really just like people's projects they approach and everything and actually even just because of the friends and family screen we've already been approached justin knows this like we've been approached uh by a couple of parties some of which we know through our network some of which we don't um to do stuff and so it's always like okay well let's start talking about it and seeing if the funding is there and you know making it happen and making good content um and in terms of like working together under black noise like yeah that's awesome I'm, i mean i'm super excited about that yeah. Um, and having pseudo post. <laughs> exactly. I love that. I love that name. I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to keep. I'm just going to keep. I'm just going to keep using it until it just becomes like the de facto like truth. Like pseudo post. <laughs> I don't mind it at all. So I'm yeah. like, so what? You guys kind of do posts. I don't understand. It's like, well, <laughs> it's sort of a thought experiment. Well, p heads. Well, p heads. P heads post. <laughs> it looks like you just duct tape two hard drives together. Like what? <laughs> I'm just making it happen, man. Don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll get to your. We'll get it. We'll fix it in post. You want to post? Well, I I mean that's a great rundown of kind of what I was curious about. I don't know if Michael, you had anything, or Leslie, you you said you had some stuff you might want to discuss. Oh, I don't know. I'm, Discuss. I mean, I don't. Well, I, come, I don't. I have an agenda. I have a very clear cut agenda. Yes. Where's the, where the money? Where is the money? Show me the money. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have an agenda. <laughs> um, we can we can talk about other stuff. Do you guys have anything anything you want to talk about? I mean, so we what's got, going on with you guys? <laughs> I mean, we have some random topics that we just jot down for podcast ideas. I don't know if we want to dip into that <laughs> which ninja turtle are you no, exactly <laughs> i took i took that buzzfeed yeah. um well how about just at least give us what you're up to now and where can we see what you're doing um yeah 
Yeah, that's a good one. Um, uh, what am I up to now? Okay. Answer the first half of the question. What great question. Uh, great question. Thank you for that question, Justin. Very insightful. Really appreciative of that question. Uh, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> what am I up to right now? Right now I am developing two music videos. Um, one, one should be shooting hopefully in the next couple weeks. Um, very low budget. Um, just for an act that's involved with this this uh, record label art collective that I'm involved with, I help them do a lot of their visual stuff um, called Gazelle Recordings, um, and uh, the other one should be happening a little bit after that. I'm very excited about those, especially the second one for my friend's band Historian, um, because I think we're going to have a little bit of budget to play with, and I'm really excited about some of the some of the cool visual opportunities that we'll be able to uh, take advantage of with that project. Um, other than that, I have a lot of stuff with Black Noise brewing right now, um, not least of which is, of course, Detective, um, which... Yeah, ongoing, ongoing festival push. Ongoing yeah. festival push, who is, give credit where credit's due, Justin is the major domo of that project. Um, I think, like I said, at at the screening, yeah, you are the Bib Fortuna of that Jabba's Palace. Um, I'll be Jabba. <laughs> um, the uh, the um, at the screening, like where I said that was just like Justin has tirelessly pushed this thing. It, it really has been your job, um, literally. Uh, you know, since we came back from Alaska, right? I mean, that's that's all you've worked. That's on. all I've been able to. Yeah, do. And I've, yeah. I've gotten to do that because I haven't found a job, which is nice, I guess. Yeah, which is great. But. <laughs> I wish there was some kind of balance. <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll find balance. We'll find yeah. balance. I, I, I've been able to take advantage of unemployment by finishing a feature film, which is pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's a good way of doing it. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, um, oh, and just for for posterity, Justin has been working, right? You get you've had some gigs here and there. You've been supporting I get yourself. Gigs, Everything's yeah. Good. But Everything's good. He's a responsible mem- contributing <laughs> member of society. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, go that far. <laughs> that might be a bit much. Um, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, so Detective, Detective, Detective is going to continue along its merry road of festivals. Hopefully get in a few. I'm really excited about the premiere. I don't know how much we can talk about that, but I'm really excited about it premiering, hopefully at a somewhat major film festival. Yes, um, please. Yeah, please. That'd be awesome. And really, it's just at that point, then it just be about getting more eyeballs, both on us as a production company, you as a director, you know, Mike as a composer, me, as, you know, just sort of like getting us all more a little more attention. Um, and there's like for me personally, like I feel like if Detective, even if Detective doesn't turn a red cent, other than like pay back its investors. Um, I think it still would have accomplished its task very handily if it just, you know, got us a little bit of attention. And it's a shame that that's kind of like the currency that we deal with, but, you know, that's how it goes when you're in an ocean of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you gotta stand out. Um, but, I mean, even if it just got the, hey, what can you do with a hundred grand? Like, let's yeah. see what you guys oh can make. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, that's that, I think that'd be ready, set, bad. Or half of ready, set, bad, right, Justin? Yeah, we'll make half of it. <laughs> we'll make half of it. We'll make the... Uh, We'll make the the easy half, not not the exodus of mankind to the Andromeda Galaxy half. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so besides Detective, Black Noise also has a couple other scripts in the works. I know that our mutual friend Jeremy Cordy 
is uh, talking with us right now about his next thing. We're, of course, developing Justin and Michael's next project. We're going to talk about that. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. we are. Yeah. Nothing yeah. to say and yet. Nothing to say yet. No, yeah, can't, uh, yeah, can't talk about it. And, um, yeah, just pitching around scripts and trying to find more work and keep making good stuff, man. Yeah. So I think that uh, the the future is bright. It's just about... It's really exciting um, to have that sort of the gelling that's happening. You know, like... Um, and for a long time, like, there's other people are always saying, like, well, yeah, you need to just find the people that you want to work with and you start like, working together and stuff. And then I think Detective was really good because it really solidified that, you know? In terms of, like, the core, like, people and, like, different capacities and stuff and, like, just moving forward with that. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think it was a great... Uh, I mean, not a dry run, but, like, a, a, like, see what we could do if we did, like, pull it together and just went and did something. <laughs> More like a, a Kessel run. Yeah, there you go. Kessel, yeah. A Kessel run. And, what, 1.2 parsecs? Is that what it was? Less than five, I think, was it. What was it? You know, on the last podcast, there was one, there's some references, like some really nerdy references. Were they like Star Trek or something? Oh, I did, I did an Odo's Bucket reference. Yeah, I know. Like, that's exactly it. And everybody was like, I don't, Adam was like, I don't get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not get that? It's fantastic. Come on, guys. Come on. Anyway, um... Star Trek Fantastic. references aside, uh, founder references aside, uh, the um, yeah, so we have some good stuff going on. I'm super excited. I think that um, I think that good things are going to happen, right? And that was famous last words as he was struck by a garbage truck later that afternoon. Um, <laughs> this is the best day of my life. Uh, <laughs> crushed. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Yeah. Casey Jones. Um, <laughs> I think good things are happening, you know, like, I'm really excited to just, like, make a lot of work, both for myself as a director and then also as a producer, um, which is extremely enjoyable. Um, you know, both of those things, both making your own work and facilitating other people's work, so it's a nice, it's a nice binary to have, I think, and I think Black Noise has really taught me that in terms of, instead of having to be in constant creative control, like, there's, it's okay to, like, have that and then let somebody else wear the hat and then take the hat by force and wear it again for a while yeah, yeah. give it back I've yeah, always you, found you, that easier in music like I've played in other people's bands and it's it's easier to be like you. this is your gig and I'm here to help you make this happen and then other times it's like no I want to own this yeah and I'm not responsible for this atrocious thing that you're unleashing upon the unsuspecting <laughs> <Yeah>. world <laughs> I, I always have a, I always have a, um, what is it called uh, plausible deniability. <laughs> yeah, all I did I was play bass. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, hey, the it focus is good. The idea is terrible, but the yeah. focus is good. I was always following. I was only following orders. Uh, <laughs> exactly. that'll, that'll keep you out of Nuremberg. <laughs> <I'm following. laughs> yeah. Sorry, too soon. Too soon. No, no. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, good things. Uh, oh, how about you guys? What's, what's the deal with this podcast? Is this going to be like the next hot thing? I don't know. We've got a schedule lined up. People are uh, interested in jumping on here and blabbing um, with us. I yeah. think it's... Uh, well, I think we... Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, I think we found a good niche just talking about creative people and what they're up to, because I have this other podcast, Flipping Tables, and it's all tech 
nerdy computer stuff and I wasn't ready to just like do the same thing again with Justin and so I was excited I don't know it's been really fun to just like every week have something that gets produced even if it's as easy as blabbering on a podcast it just kind of keeps your juices flowing yeah for sure and you know some people gotta listen to something when they're driving to work you know yeah <laughs> might as well be us blabbering about stuff <laughs> um yeah might as well uh, but I mean, it's something I'm always interested in too. Though I like I like peeling back the layers of like what's going on under their creative people's heads, and like because I know how I think th- about things and approach stuff. But I like hearing what other people do, and you know, even learn something in the process myself. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. it's super, it's super interesting. I mean, even like being on set, like with people, you know, like just wor- literally working with other people, and, like seeing how they parse information, like it's very, very helpful. I think. Yeah seeing how other people handle stuff and they do some stuff better and they do some stuff worse but just like learning you know yeah yeah i think that's what the podcast is about i think uh if anything we can do that for people and give people an opportunity to uh pedal their wares as it were you know oh, i pedal think their wares. Wait, I, have i pedaled i haven't pedaled yet Hold i on. think you should be pedaling. call me just call saul <laughs> 1-800 Wait, uh, I don't completely understand that reference actually because I don't watch Breaking Bad. You don't Bad. watch it. You don't no, have a television. I don't have a television, but I know that Call Saul is a thing. No, it's yeah. over now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because that happened when we were in Alaska. It was ending. Did you remember? Like, yeah, it was the last like, episodes. Yeah, um, but uh, he, Saul has a spinoff series, so you're not completely dead. Yeah, okay, okay good. I, I'm. Is that like Odin's bucket? <laughs> no. I was going to say Odin yeah. Kirk's bucket, but oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's pretty good. I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah, I'll take it, too. But, um, okay, yeah, well, let me pedal. Okay, uh, what am I selling? I am a director. I do other creative stuff as well. Um, go to my website. It's my name. It's lesliandrewritings.com. Go there. Your wildest dreams will come true. Yeah. And, and that you that's where you mostly post all of your stuff, not at Black Noise? Yeah, Black Noise at this point, uh, I, I was undergoing a little bit of an overhaul now because there's been structural changes and like now that we're like growing a little bit and finally actually having projects that aren't just me, um, it's going to be updated. So yeah, I mean, give, you know, give that out too. It's BlackNoiseIndustries.com, a creative studio production company based out of Los Angeles. Since <laughs> 2012, yes. providing only the finest in creative design and production. So... Good. Black Noise Industries, Leslie Andrew Writings, Pseudo Post. <laughs> maybe we can get time. some of your music videos in here. Too. Yeah, there you go. You can link link to a couple. You know, Justin's been in a couple. Yeah. Actually, he's about to, he's going to be in another one. Soon, yeah, what, were, hasn't been what were you, a homeless dude, Justin? Yeah, I played a homeless guy for him. got blown up by a robot. <laughs> yeah, he plays he plays the hapless hobo. Wait, were you, were you homeless or hipster? I can't remember. That's just is there a difference? Um, the the he played he played a, a a sort of a boxcar Billy, sort of a 19th century romanticized American hobo, if you will, yeah. smoking a pipe, and he yeah he gets he gets incinerated by a malevolent robot, and then but he does survive. He goes to hobo heaven, where he dances, and yeah, that was the best part. Get to show off my moves. Massive pelvic thrusts. It's sort of a <laughs> foreshadowing for Black Turtle. <laughs> Black Turtle. <laughs> oh, boy. 
But that's good. Yeah, we'll get that on there. Robot apocalypse. I can't, Robot sp- apocalypse. I can't spell apocalypse. A copolis. A cop- acropolis. <laughs> But good, yeah, then we will send people there. Check your out. Uh, check out your stuff and watch. Find, my ho- find ho- me. Ho- find ho- me on social stuff. media, uh, or we can meet on the Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine forum that I frequent. <laughs> my username is Ferengioto. <laughs> oh my gosh! I am. I'm pretty active. An admin. <laughs> I'm an admin, even moderator, curating. Good post. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm the one with 18 gifts in my signature. (laughs) All of Captain Catherine Janeway. (laughs) I'm just bringing back so many memories. There's one of Scott Bakula. Yeah, well, you know, you know, just I want to, I want, I want to stay relevant. It's like my Saul calls all, but I just desperately clinging to relevance. And uh, and then on uh, Facebook and Twitter, your what's your the, name there? The same. I have Leslie Leslie Writings on Twitter. Is same Leslie underscore Writings. Facebook Leslie Andrew Writings comma Director. Just to edge on drive that nail, you know, Director. That's what you are. That's what you do. That's, that's what we right. do. Well, uh, let me be just really grateful that you came on with us today and got to let us know some of your process here and. Get to show you off a little bit. And, Thank uh, you, my pleasure. Really appreciate you coming on the Pseudobug podcast. Well, I appreciate being pseudo interviewed. <laughs> I guess that's the problem with their pseudo name. Yeah, that is. Nobody knows if we're actually doing any of these things. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, right. It's all very sort of self-reflexive and postmodern. Well, that, that's where the name comes from, anyways. So. There you go. Uh, great. All right. Fantastic. I'll be in my bucket. (laughs) Thanks, Leslie. All right, guys. Talk to you later. See ya. See ya. This has been the Pseudobook Podcast. Check out the show notes and leave comments at pseudobookpodcast.com slash 002.